0: This is the After Sunday Discussion. This is a podcast of the E43 Collective. If you've checked out Raking Coles, I'm going to tell you right now, this is a much, much different recording. Uh, this is where myself... Cody, I am Cody, and Josh, my co-host, we sit down and we talk about the things that are going on in our lives, that are going on in our culture, that are going on in the current times, and sometimes just things we have opinions about, and we sit down and we have these discussions at the end of the week, because we are two Christian guys who live for the Lord day in and day out as best as we can But after church on Sunday, we have normal discussions just like everybody else. So this is the after Sunday discussion. And how we're going to like to begin these things is with a review of one of our favorite childhood snacks.
1: I'm sorry. I just downed a cupcake. So
0: (laughs) Do, Do these snacks we loved as children hold up to the same tasty factor that they... That they need to, or are these just nostalgic memories of tasty goodness? And today, what we have in front of us here, I've already eaten a couple, I have another one in front of me, not sure if I'm gonna eat it, are zebra cake rolls. Now, this is a brother or sister to the famous zebra cakes made by the one and only little, little Debbie. Daddy.
1: We love her. She's great.
0: (laughs) Josh, tell me what you think of the zebra cake rolls. I
1: love them. I think they're so much better than zebra, like the regular zebra cakes. And I know that you don't agree with that statement, (laughs) but I could down these all day. I know I shouldn't. Like, (laughs) there's no more. We ate all six.
0: (laughs) Okay. So, just before we go and we kind of review this snack, Josh and I have different opinions. If you want to pick one of these up from your local market, uh, I just want you to know, first and foremost, we are not sponsored by (laughs) Little Debbie. We paid for these snacks with our own money, so our opinions are not informed by any sponsorship. So here we go. I just want to share some of the ingredients uh, that are contained within this. Uh, Actually, I want to just share the top five, okay? First thing we have is sugar, then corn syrup, then water, then enrique, Enriched bleach flour, and then riboflavin. So, those are all things that actually aren't very good for you. But we're not concerned with how healthy this snack is. We're concerned with how tasty this snack is. And Josh is convinced that these are way better than zebra cakes. They Josh, are. tell me why these are so good.
1: Okay, number one, they are very easy to eat. They are a lot easier to eat because they're in this cylindrical shape, not like these little. What are they? Oct- they're not octagons. They're hexagons. Like, they're man. hexagons. Okay. But uh, the thing I don't like about the normal zebra cakes is that it's. I believe that they're a little inconsistent on how much cream you get in it, and I liked it. I like the cream better than the cake. So, like these rolls, if you like the cream, these are amazing. Because you get this perfect combination of just crust and cake and cream and it's just really, it's up my alley.
0: Well... I am not in 100% agreement with Josh on this, and we're not doing this as just a charade. If we agree that something is, is delicious, we're going to agree, and if we just think something's like terrible, we're going to agree. Like the gushers we had agree. last night? Or yeah. Not like, last
1: night, a couple of days a night? We'll,
0: we'll have to re-review gushers. We kind of had a, a little bit of a chaotic episode, but gushers, man, those things were delicious. <laughs> but these zebra cake rolls just kind of want to throw it out there and say that they're oh. a li- they're a little too rich for me. So, these things are a lot more rich than the regular zebra cakes. So, if you're not into things that are super-duper rich and super-duper sweet, zebra cake rolls might not be the snack for you. But they are good. They do taste good. But, for my money, they're not as good as just regular, old-fashioned, hexagonal zebra cakes. Can we
1: bring up the nutritional facts on these things? (laughs) Because... Sure. Okay, so... The macronutrients right now is in one cake, all right, and there's six in a box. In one cake, there's 12 grams of fat, which is a lot.
0: That is a lot. It's like
1: eating almost two tablespoons of almond butter. We have
0: each had three of these.
1: (laughs) There are 41 grams of carbs (laughs) and 27 grams of sugar. (laughs) And one gram of protein. <laughs> this is uh, each cake is two hundred and eighty calories, and hundred and ten of those calories are from fat.
0: Oh, <laughs> so bad.
1: Yeah, uh, and the worst part is I'm on a meal plan, so like this is totally not what I was supposed to do tonight. You and are, we have cupcakes
0: here. <laughs> you are shot for the week, man. Well, that was totally fun. Uh, we are going to do that at the beginning of each and every After Sunday discussion, so if you don't like the snack reviews, just fast forward like five or six minutes, and then we'll get into the real midi You should have probably meeting.
1: said that in the beginning.
0: <laughs> we'll, let, we'll have that at the beginning of other episodes, but what we're going to talk about now is just a few things that are kind of on our mind, and Josh, I'm going to start by asking you a question I did ask you the other day, Uh-oh. but how do you feel about the Bumblebee movie being in the 90th percentile on Rotten Tomatoes.
1: This frustrates me. I think the other day I said that I lost all hope in humanity at this point. You did. (laughs) I'm just... It doesn't make any sense to me because there's... Okay, full disclaimer, I did not see the movie. But knowing the the director and his movie style there are much better movies that have lower rotten tomato scores than this one
0: okay now is it still michael bay i thought it was i'm looking this up we're going to fact check this to see if this is still michael bay because if it's not michael bay that could very well change josh's mind no <laughs> Well, the thing that I thought was funny is that I I thought, you know, it's a Transformers movie. It actually, by its trailers, does look like it is a slight improvement on the franchise. And I will fully say, I have not watched a Transformers movie since the second one. It is Travis Knight. See? It's not Michael Bay. Not Michael Bay. That's probably why it got a better score.
1: But then the thing, too, about it is I feel like it's a complete money grab when it comes to just like here's one character out of a franchise let's let's do a spin-off movie just to get more money out of the franchise i mean let's be honest that's what hollywood is nowadays oh
0: <laughs> man yeah if we're talking about if we're talking about money grabbing it's really kind of hard to Just point at one franchise doing it. Everyone in Hollywood's doing it. I mean, just look at how many comic book movies that we're getting. And this is coming from two guys who like comic books, Mm -hmm. who like comic book movies. But we have both said, this is too much. There are too many, and it's not as fun as it once was.
1: Because I'm getting, like, I feel like I have, like, movie fatigue when it comes to franchises. Like... Like, I watched a review video on the latest Jurassic World movie, and I completely agreed with it. It's just like, it almost felt unnecessary. Um, but the same thing, like, we have the MCU very much, it's been going on for, what, 10 years now? <laughs> 11 years soon? I mean, we're, we're talking a lot of movies. And they're all amazing. They're In varying degrees. They're all good standalone movies. And I do like the fact that they tell a larger narrative. But there's just like every six months there's another one. And it's just like I can't keep on watching all of these. (laughs) But you go to the movies or you rent it when it comes out on Blu-ray because you want to know how it's going to affect the big movie at the end of the face. I mean, that's kind of how it all works.
0: Yeah, man, it's <laughs> It's so easy to get sucked in and just to watch all these and go to the theater and spend the ridiculous amounts of money. But somehow, D- Disney has pulled it off. Mm-hmm. They have roped me in <laughs> to most of these Marvel movies, and every year I say, I'm done. I'm not going to go to the next one. I'm just going to wait and I get sucked in. I yeah. will say though, I did hold off for the home release of Infinity War, but with that, I if I really didn't have, you didn't go see that in theaters, I did not. But if I didn't have toddlers and yeah, and, a, I mean, and a newborn at the time, I, and when, you, you guys just moved into the house that you're yeah. in, so, I we mean, would have, just... we would have totally gone. <laughs> yeah, but it just stage of life was was not friendly to it. And um,
1: I, it was interesting. Like last night. Um, so I live with my sister and my mom, um, and my sister works a ridiculous job with terrible hours, and she works from home a lot, and it's a Saturday night. I have nothing going on. I go on a Netflix. I turn on Thor Ragnarok. She comes in, like, at the beginning, like, literally the opening credits of the movie, and she's like, what are you watching? I said Thor, and she goes, oh, I- okay, let me-, let me sit here for, like, 15 minutes, take a break, Cause she was working. I mean, it's like ten o'clock at night too, so which is, and she sat through the entire movie, and she doesn't. She has not seen any, any Marvel movies since Avengers, so she she's sitting there and she's going, "This is one of the funniest movies in the MCU, and I love it." And I don't know why I just sat through all of this, but it sucks you in.
0: (laughs) It does, and I will say, Ragnarok is funny. It's it's legitimately (laughs) hilarious i'm just gonna say the the one spoiler alert
1: okay just gonna throw that out there if you haven't seen the movie you should go see the movie it's a great movie it's on netflix you don't have to pay more money to see it but um the one scene on the bifrost with bruce banner when he jumps do you remember that cody my sister burst out laughing and she said it was the funniest thing she'd ever seen, because <laughs> like here, here she didn't, she's never seen the movie before, and she she's thinking it's like a nor, it's gonna be like a normal superhero movie where like he jumps out of this aircraft, like, and he's gonna become the Hulk by the time he. <laughs> and when it didn't happen that way, she just lost it because it was something she wasn't expecting. <laughs>
0: The true art of comedy is is getting that unexpected laugh, yeah. and Ragnarok does that in so many good ways, from the beginning uh, of when you got Carl Urban talking about getting his rifles their relics from Texas. It just so much good at comedy in there.
1: <laughs> and then him having to explain the joke about what they're called was just hilarious. <laughs>
0: It's a really funny movie. I can't can't recommend it more. Uh, It's relatively family-friendly, too. But uh, I I also kind of want to bring up, we've talked a little bit about movies here, but Josh and I actually are a little bit different in our media preferences. Josh has admitted to being more of a TV TV show guy. And I'm more of, if I'm going to watch something, I'd rather watch a movie that I can watch and enjoy in one sitting and then kind of move on to something else. Mm-hmm. So, Josh, what is it that you like more about TV shows, rather, over movies? So, like, don't get me wrong.
1: I love movies. But the thing I love about the small screen is that it, it allows writers and directors to, to have an expanded narrative. With a lot more detail and a lot more character development than I think movies provide because if you think about it your your normal drama is an hour long okay with with commercials uh, and a normal tv season which mind you are getting shorter <laughs> and it's i I don't get it but um but historically a normal tv series tv season is 12 to 20 episodes average so instead of sitting for two hours to get a complete story that you miss a lot of detail, you have the ability to have a 12 hour story where you can really hash things out. Now I understand a lot of times you have procedural shows, but like the shows I enjoy the most have the ability to be procedural, but also still tie into that broader narrative. And Kind of there's one show on uh, it's on I watch on Netflix, but it's on NBC and it sucks me in every time I watch every time they drop the season because it's it's very much. Here's this week's situation, the person they're dealing with this week. And like by the end of the season, every episode ties into the big baddie that they're trying to take it. But you don't realize it. When you're watching the episodes, (laughs) like you're like, okay, like, like, you know that there's stuff going on and it's going to lead up to this, but it always like, when it finally culminates at the end of the season, you're just like, how? I'm like, how does that work? But like, that's why I like TV more than movies.
0: And and I'll be the I'll be the first one to admit I, I do enjoy shows. A uh, long-running dramas though, I don't get into as much. When it comes to shows, I actually prefer to watch sitcoms over okay. over long-running dramas and I think the reason why is because I can sit down, I can watch a sitcom or two, get a good laugh in and then you know turn it off or do something else. Whereas comedy movies i feel like they have to they have to have so many different punchlines in order to to make it a good comedic movie and those are just kind of hard to find yeah. whereas i think in sitcoms they can pull off one episode can be the long running joke of the right. episode and then you move on to the next one mm-hmm. with a new joke. Right. And it's funny. It, it keeps you laughing as right. long as you approach it with lightheartedness. Right. If you're looking for key, deep character development from a sitcom, you're looking in the wrong place. Don't get but me But there wrong. are a
1: lot of sitcoms that do very deep character development. The um, show that I... The guilty pleasure at our house is uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine.
0: Okay. I haven't seen that one. Okay.
1: That is... you. Andy Samberg, okay? And it can get a little, like, it's Andy Samberg. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's just a very, like, you have that weekly, like, this is the situation of the week, let's see how funny this gets. But at the same time, like, over the course of the multiple seasons that they've had, um, they've really been able to hash out, like, who these characters are. And um, How I Met Your Mother did a really good job with that, too. Oh, yeah, and I love that. Um, there's just some really great shows out there where when when they're real like when they're dealing with real issues or like just really trying to let you know who these characters are they can be really rewarding to watch um, but I know a lot of people don't despise How I Met Your Mother
0: in Brooklyn Nine-Nine but <laughs> yeah I mean everybody's entitled to their own <laughs> opinion and I think something too that I'll point out that What is fun, and Josh and I have talked about this as well, is what's fun about watching secular entertainment, right? We're we're two Christian guys, right? Right. We have a ministry-focused podcast, a ministry-focused website, and we're sitting here in front of microphones talking about pop culture. And a reason why I think that's fun, a reason why I think it's not... As bad as, as some other ministry avenues might point it out to be is that it also gives us the opportunity when we watch these things and we're somewhat familiar. We don't have to be totally entrenched in them or or mm-hmm. watching everything like Game of Thrones from the content I know about and the little that I've seen. That's a show that for me, I don't like what it does to my soul when I watch it personally. Yeah,
1: but I won't watch it. But there's a lot of people that I know who do watch it.
0: Yeah. And I think what this offers us the opportunity to do is to engage in some of these conversations mm-hmm. with with people who might not have the same faith beliefs as us, mm-hmm. but if we can talk about our viewpoints on certain materials in a show or a movie, it's a way in which we can share our worldview without necessarily throwing the gospel down somebody's throat right. or being judgmental towards people mm-hmm. and their behaviors because you can you can speak about the truth through the avenue of a fictional character, right. which I think is fun and enjoyable. And I think
1: another really important thing too is that like, I think we do more harm to ourselves as a church about not talking about it and being very closed off to pop culture because the reality is is that it does have an impact on the culture we live in and on society. And these are what people are consuming. And if you don't know what they're what they're talking about you're not going to be able to relate with them as well and and that's something that like tv shows movies music sports those are ways those are avenues that you can start relationships and friendships with people that you can then use to reach them and when you have the person over here who's just like oh uh," it, it, it very much becomes like well why do you expect nobody wants to talk to you? Because you just are telling them that they're wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and don't get me started on those sites. I know we've had this conversation. Um, There is a very popular site that a lot of Christians go to to look at the ratings that they give on. uh, I don't want to bash them, but uh, that's why I'm not saying their name. Um, but their their safest movie for kids is Minions, currently,
0: which Josh does actually not agree with their assessment on that. It was
1: well the entire opening scene is literally evolution. You takes you through <laughs> like like you don't realize like if you if you're a kid you don't realize it, okay. But as an adult, I'm sitting there. I'm like it's going from a single cell to literally like a a creature coming out of the ocean. It's exactly what you learn in biology in high school about how evolution happened and it walks you through and then you go and the entire movie is about like villains.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Minions are not the heroes and they are totally villains. They are the allies of Gru who in the first Despicable Me, which is a movie I totally enjoy. He's, He's absolutely a villain. But, you know, I think that uh, even with review sites in general, whether it's, it's faith-based or non-faith-based, don't even get me started on uh, on Metacritic, for example. <laughs> so many people run to Metacritic and they see something like The Shape of Water is getting something in the 90s mm-hmm. Metacritic score or 80s or whatever. It was a really highly scored mm-hmm. film. It's a film that critics really like. Critics of movies really mm-hmm. enjoyed that. But your average moviegoer goes and sees this movie and it's like, oh my gosh, this is... The weirdest thing I've ever seen. (laughs) Now, me personally, I haven't seen it, but I talked to a fellow at work who who told me what the movie was about. It's
1: really weird. It's a really (laughs) weird premise. I'm sorry. It's like...
0: (laughs) And so I think what you have to do, this this is my suggestion, to not necessarily run to Metacritic, not necessarily run to... Rotten Tomatoes, or to any reviewing site, but rather familiarize yourself with a reviewer or a couple of reviewers whose viewpoints you tend to agree with. And if you're looking for a suggestion before you go watch a movie or buy a game or read Mm -hmm. a book, find the reviewers who agree with your personal taste, read their reviews, actually read them, and then form the the decision of whether or not you want to go spend money on this thing. Right. Because a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes means something, but it's not the whole story. Right. You might be someone who agrees with the 3% of critics who actually didn't enjoy the movie very much. Or a 40% doesn't mean that you're all of a sudden in the the majority of people who don't like it, you might actually agree with the 40% who do like it. And right. so find a reviewer you like, find a reviewer you agree with, and let that help you decide how you want to spend your money right. on whether you're going to a movie or buying a video game or reading a book or or whatever it may be. Uh, I suggest I think, that to so many people.
1: I think a big thing, too, is just use your... Com- I mean, use common sense with a lot of things, especially if you're, like... Worried about your kids or children that are around you, like, if something is rated M, don't buy it for them for Christmas. I mean, it tells you right on the back of the box what it is, what, what's in it.
0: Yeah, I mean, Red Dead Redemption 2 is not a game for children at all.
1: <laughs> but, but, or even Call of Duty or any of these, multi, like, honestly, I don't have kids. Okay, I'm not married, I'm single as single can get but, like, Cody, you have children. I, like, agree or disagree, multiplayer games open up a completely different can of worms than just a
0: single-player game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And my kids at this point are too young to really be involved with multiplayer games, but I know for me, if I had kids who were old enough to play Fortnite, for example, I would definitely say, okay, you're going to have... The ability to play this game, but the game's going to be set up in a room where you're in a public space because the last thing I really want you involved in is there might be people who are raging Mm -hmm. and saying this, that, or the other thing through the headphones, but I I don't want you to pick up on that. I'm not going to blame the video game, I'm not going to blame the other people. Right. If you start doing it, it it would be your fault. But right. but those are influencers. Right. And, and that's what happens in multiplayer gaming you is you hear people rage and you hear people say these words and I know from for us like we were both Kind of growing up in an era where that was just beginning, mm-hmm. and for me, I you know if I'm going to be involved in a chat on a game I'm playing, it's typically with a friend. Right. So Josh and I have played video games online together, and we don't do that, right? Uh, but like
1: I like I play a first-person shooter game that I love, where it's very team-based oriented, and it's a uh, that's what that's the reason I love the game is that you actually have to talk to the people you're playing with, yeah. For the most part, I mean, you could play without it, but you just your team isn't as effective. But I'm I'm having these like I'm ha- I have like twelve year olds. It's a rated M game, okay? Or it's, it's Rainbow Six, um, but they're like cursing at me, <laughs> and it's just it it's infuriating because they're just sitting there and they're just saying things and I'm and I in my brain, and I've said this to some of them. I'm like, where are your parents?
0: Josh is that guy
1: because it's just like it's kind of like how is this perfectly fine but then at the same time I go to the gym and I see a mom with her daughter and she's wearing a shirt with profanity like blatant profanity on it and I'm going okay this is the culture I live in now this is uh, I have lost all faith in humanity
0: <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a very interesting time we live in and it just if you guys haven't picked up on it Josh and I uh, we do play video games and I know that certain people have certain opinions of that but um, unfortunately, we don't play them as much as we once did. It's a lot of fun. We enjoy. Unfortunately,
1: fortunately
0: <laughs> right? Fortunately, we're able to support our families and our mm-hmm. lives, and have homes and jobs and careers and things like that.
1: And, and that's something that amazes me, though. Is like like we, like specifically us too. Like we we went from like we used to play video games way too much. Oh yeah, <laughs> way too much. To like as we've gotten older, it's we don't. I mean I think you don't play it as much at all I don't play it as much no. it's
0: it's definitely if I have downtime it's right. my it's my go to thing in my downtime Because I do enjoy it. And like Mm -hmm. I mentioned earlier, I'm not a guy. I'm not a TV show guy. I'm not really a watching TV type Mm -hmm. of guy. Kind of my two downtime activities I enjoy. Actually, more like three. I I enjoy reading. I enjoy writing. And I enjoy playing games. It's just something I like. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's also one of those things where when your wife doesn't like it as much, you don't do it as much. And I know that there are seasons where I'll play more or not. Um, right now, I'm, I'm in the middle of playing uh, su- the new Super Smash Brothers game that came out. And it's a lot of fun because my four-year-old Leo is also into it. So it's something mm-hmm. we've been doing together. The game is simple enough for him to understand. And he knows things like Mario and Link from Zelda and Kirby and Meta Knight, all these things he likes. and. Yeah.
1: And, and Nintendo does a very good job of keeping their their proprietary games very clean and children children friendly.
0: Oh yeah, anyone can play those games. Anyone can be safe playing those yeah. games. You don't have to worry about profanity. You don't have to worry about being offended. You don't right. have to worry about parental controls, things like right. that. And so, you know, when when I can engage in it with my my son or my my two sons, even Ezra will jump on from time to time. I will probably be more bent to do that mm-hmm. rather than play something like an online first person shooter or whatever. Right. Right. But I mean it's just it, it I think Cody
1: and I we we were we we came about when like multiplayer gaming was coming. Yeah. I mean like I remember like I had a PS1, you had did you have the PS1? Or did you have the
0: I had, I had a Nintendo 64 first, but then Eric and I did end up buying a PlayStation. Okay.
1: Yeah, and then, like, so there was no multiplayer with that, really, unless you were in the same room. No. And then PS2 came along, and then they ended up getting network capabilities. But the PS3, Xbox 360 generation, that's where it just took, like, that's where it all happened. Oh, yeah. About and, 2005, 2006. Right, right. And I, I just, like... Our parents were just, I, I, I know my parents were kind of oblivious to all of it. I mean, but I never really chatted on, like, I just went and played. Like, that's what I did. I mean, um, but now because of just how it is, you can play Fortnite across multiple platforms on a phone and stuff. Like, and I, it's, if you know your kids and you know they're going to have problems with it, like, don't let them do it. I mean, that's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, even though everybody else is doing it, they don't have to do it. And I, I mean, that's my viewpoint. But granted, disclaimer,
0: I'm not a parent. Like, <laughs> Yeah, you definitely want to be careful too as a parent. Video games, electronics, YouTube, all these things are stuff that kids are drawn to and they can spend a lot of time with. But at the same time, it's very easy to allow those things to be their caretakers. And as yeah. a parent you aren't their caretaker. And at the end of the day, your children need you. They need you to spend time with them. They need you to interact with them. They need you to love them. They need you to hold them. They need you to kiss them, especially when they're young ages. Mm -hmm. And so that, as long as that is the priority of parents to make sure that you're connecting with your kids. Like I even remember to this day when my mom sat down and tried to play Mario Kart with me. She was atrocious at it but to this day i still remember as a seven-year-old because i thought it was so cool because Mm my mom never really played video games with me because it wasn't really a thing of her generation right and so it doesn't
1: like i remember like my sister and i were just talking about this the other day like my dad and us used to play i don't even remember what it was called it was like the precursor to fifa on the playstation one Okay. Cause I mean, they're like my parents are both immigrants and in international
0: West. superstar soccer, maybe. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I had some of that, and like, and we as
1: as a family, we just hang out and just just rag on each other because we'd all play and just bragging rights galore. I mean, and my mom thought it was the, like we were because we were talking to her about it. She goes, "It was the greatest thing because it was something that we could all do together. we were just like." Like, you could just rag on each other playfully and just, like, have fun. You're doing something to... Because it's so hard nowadays with how busy families are getting. I yeah. Mean, um, but at the same time, it's, like, we did that as a family, but the PlayStation never came out when we weren't doing that until I was probably in high school. Yeah. Was when, like, I actually was allowed to play, like whenever I want. like, But at the same time, I had rules. Like, I had to keep my grades up. I had to do my chores. I had to do... Oh, yeah. (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) Same here. I mean, at the end of the day, it is a free time activity. And if you don't have free time, you don't do it. Right. And I think one of the things, too, that um, kind of transitioning a little bit, but also staying in the topic of gaming, something I picked up on when I was in college, and Josh has been part of this, is getting into like hobby board gaming there's Mm -hmm. now at this point there's there's so many good board games out there with such unique design Mm -hmm. and and fun ways to play that are great for families that are great for friends and what it does is it allows those opportunities to play together but instead of screen time you're getting real real face time Mm -hmm. and it offers just some really memorable experiences so if, if we have families listening to this or even like if you're a college student or a high school right. student, you're listening to this and you're trying to think of things to do with your family or your friends, I would highly encourage you to find a place, go to Amazon, find a place where you can pick up a solid board game. Just a, a couple I would recommend out the shoot uh, that are super duper fun. Uh, bang the Dice Game, Great super game. duper game. fun game to play with friends mm-hmm. Uh, another one that's fun to pick up and play is a game called Ticket to Ride. That's more that's a little more strategic, that's a little bit longer but really really fun. And then another one I really like to recommend as a party game, but it plays it plays about five, but it's like a negotiating game. It's called Sheriff of Nottingham. That's a good game. It's a game I love. I've never won. Liar. Absolute <laughs>
1: lies. You sit on a seat of lies right now. It is terrible. He says this every single time
0: he plays the game. <laughs> so it's a game about bluffing. Yes. So whenever I start the game, if I'm playing with people who haven't played with me before, I try and... You know, begin right. playing the game before the game starts. Right. So I start with my bluff of I've never <laughs> won the game so that automatically I'll, I'll be able to get some pity. And it's only it's only worked once or twice.
1: <laughs> uh, I, I will say like, like this past Thanksgiving, I brought snake oils. Oh, yeah. Which is, if if you guys don't know what that game is, it's like apples to apples, just a whole lot better. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but um, it's pretty... It, you're a snake oil salesman. And uh, I brought that to Thanksgiving, uh, our family Thanksgiving. And ho- oh, my goodness. It completely changed the dynamic because before it was like you had the people who... They, they were watching the football game because... Thanksgiving, you got to watch the Detroit Lions play, and um, like we very much have a lot of people in my family who, if there's a sports game on, they have to be watching it, and uh, and then you have everybody else who are just either talking over somewhere or playing cards, and and this year it was like, hey, we brought this board game, let's play it together, and we had a blast. I mean, I think all of us were rolling on the floor laughing out of how audaciously. Ridiculous! Some of these products we were trying to pitch to people were, yeah. and the pitches were hilarious. <laughs> um, but but board games actually, I I as much as people rag on millennials, the board game thing with millennials, I really enjoy because it's you have to be in the same room with each other.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. You have to be in the same room. You spend time with each other. You create memories. It's funny oh, yeah. because because board games are like a. Kind of like a kicker and an icebreaker to just a fun social evening. Right. And there are some board games, like Josh and I are total nerds, and we will play some board games that if somebody came by the table and watched, it's like, oh They'd my gosh. They'd be like, gosh, what I,
1: in the world are you doing? Like, I want
0: nothing to do with that. There's
1: cards and dice and <laughs> tokens <laughs> everywhere. But <laughs> well, like you play that Star Wars game that we play, the Imperial Assault. Oh yeah, dude, totally
0: up my alley. Total nerd game, but oh, I love it's it. It's
1: like it, it, like I love playing the game, but it's it takes forever to
0: set up. <laughs> that's <true. laughs> that's a game in and of itself. And so there definitely are things that are more niche and, and if you're more of a strategically minded person, there's tons of stuff out there yeah. for you. Um, but also stuff that anyone can pick yeah. up and play and it, it just creates a night of fun and
1: like I still I, there's a game of settlers of Catan that's in my memory still that Cody's still mad about.
0: trying <laughs> to get it out of my memory.
1: <laughs> but I mean it's just like and and that's a that's a memory that all four of us that were involved in the game still have and we will talk about occasionally and just it helps reconnect friendships and, like when you don't see one of the people in the group for a while, like that's a quick way to just bring that back and bring the friendship like to where it was. Because you you get the, do you remember that game of settlers that we played? Is yeah, Cody got really mad. Yeah, like
0: <laughs> I never get mad in games.
1: Um, tell that to the numerous PlayStation controllers. <laughs> he is he has gotten. World's better when it comes to just
0: his frustration. I'm but. a hyper competitive <laughs> person. Like, I I hate to lose. <laughs> Even when I'm bad at things, I still hate to lose.
1: <laughs> uh, but I, I like a game that we've uh, me me and the one group of friends that at the one church I go to we've played that Cody introduced me to is the Resistance.
0: Oh, oh, yeah, great game. I love
1: playing The Resistance. The only problem with The Resistance is you need five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, like, talk about a tense game. Because if you, like, number one, if you're playing board games, you better read the rules and understand them because it completely changes how the night goes. <laughs> 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 but I just remember we were playing The Resistance and everybody was like, the, you are the person. And, it, and then, like, the person's just, like, that person felt, like, so alienated by the group because they weren't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love when that happens.
1: And it's just, like, it's it's just interesting because you get to learn how people are. Just, like, here's a game where the goal of the game is to be manipulative.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, you're, you're totally lying the whole entire game. I mean, it's, it's a game about really trying to, to be strategic and and savvy in your social negotiation right. which but at the same cool.
1: time like you're also trying to work with your team just well, you don't know
0: who your team no, is. no you
1: do yeah. know who your team is because there's a part of the team the part of the part of the game is kind of like mafia where you open your eyes and you could see the
0: well the bad guys the know bad guys
1: team. know yeah. that's who I'm talking about yeah, it's like okay. if you are a bad guy you are working together but you can't talk to each other like right. so, like you try, like it's it's interesting to see how like they try to neg- like communicate with each other, because like I've been at ga- I've had I've played that game where it's like it's like you're sitting there, and you're like you're like you're tr- you're trying to say no, <laughs> 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 because it's like they if they make one move, it's it, it's make or break, because if they make you, I mean you you're you're pretty much out of out of uh, contention for helping out if you get made <laughs> in that game. And it's just. It's kind of another game that's very similar to The Resistance is Secret Hitler. So, I've never played it, but I've been told it's exactly The Resistance. Okay. So.
0: Yeah, right now, stage of life-wise, I haven't had the opportunity to play as many board games as I once did. Josh and I used to try and play this game together called Star Wars Destiny. It was a collectible card and dice game that we really enjoyed. It was a lot of fun. Kind of a money sink, but... Just having kids... Which we is, should do at night where we just play. We should. We should. Now that now that my kids are in a stage of life where they're not getting up all the time throughout right. the night, but just having young kids, th- there is a stage in life where some of the stuff you want to do with your time, you just can't do with your time. Yeah. And, and that, I think, is one of the most difficult challenges that millennials will be faced with in parenting because I think a lot of times being a millennial, you kind of we've kind of grew up really spoiled. And we've we grew up a little bit self-centered, right? Mm -hmm. To where, you know, we had our video games, we had our we had our smartphones. Even though we got those later in life, we still adapted to like we spend a lot of our time in front of a screen, a lot of our time isolated from people, kind of having that time. And then when you become a parent, that time just goes away but there is the temptation to still try and like force it and, and yeah. have it and just you gotta realize there's a stage of life where you can't do everything you thought you were able to do and you just kind of have to realize there's there's something that's better for you, better yeah. in front of you, and that's your family. But I
1: think as kids we were very naive to the cost oh, yeah. of doing stuff. I mean it's just like <sighs> I mean, I was completely naive to a lot of things. And it was just like... Like, now it's... Like, when we were playing Star Wars Destiny, it's just like, you get the one, one person in our group who'd buy boxes of... And you're just like, I can't keep up because I can't afford that.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it was, it was hard to keep up in... In, you know, a collectible card game. So if anyone who's ever heard of things like Magic the Gathering or Pokemon, or Pokemon or... Star Wars Destiny kind of falls in a similar vein, but a little bit, I would actually say a little bit friendlier on the wallet. Uh, and it's a lot more fun than those games. Mm-hmm. But it also, we kind of saw the side of it where when there's one player who's just significantly better, Then the play group, it's Mm -hmm. really hard for the rest of the play group to have fun. But it's not
1: even like better. It's very, because there's a lot of chance in the game. Yeah. There's there's, a lot of variability in the game. But it was just like, it's like they're able to get
0: cards that you can't. Right, and there's no way that you can stop what that card does. Yeah, and them. you can, you can get those cards right. if you want to go and pay for them. That's but just I'm not, not how you and I. Sixty dollars for a piece of paper. I mean, that's <laughs> <laughs> right, a piece of paper. That if I were to spend, if I were to spend money on individuals, I would have been really disappointed because I haven't touched my destiny stuff in about eight months. Eight. Probably. How how long? Probably like eight months. I think
1: no. No, because we only got into it eight months ago. (laughs) Okay. So it's been... It's been
0: one set cycle. Okay. So it's been since this summer. So I guess I'm over-exaggerating a little bit. But But you
1: got super busy at work. I got super busy at work. And then with the summer being over, it's just like with youth group and everything that we're involved in, it just kind of... There's not a lot of flexibility. Yeah. I mean that's <laughs> yeah, you... life, life, life needs to happen and you
0: can put games
1: aside. I mean that's.
0: Yeah. And that's kind of the thing about hobbies in general is that I've kind of found no matter what your hobby is, whether it's uh, you, you know, something crafty mm-hmm. or, or something artistic or something musical right. or whatever it may be, as you get older, you really only it's... have time for one. Yeah. that you can focus on right. and it might change through mm-hmm. seasons you might go through yeah. a season where you do focus on mm-hmm. one hobby you like but it just as an adult you really can't focus on more more than one and right. sometimes none right and you just you have those and moments you, you
1: have to dedicate time to it I mean like I work like I, I said I'm going to change my lifestyle and work out a lot more and I have to set it I have to schedule my time Number one, the gym forces me to, but (laughs) because because the way my gym works is you have to actually go on an app and say like, I'm coming in at these times, but I'll do it like two weeks in advance because then I know as as we keep on, as like the weeks go on, it's like I am prioritizing my health and exercising. So I know every, each of these nights, this is when I'm going to the gym. This is the time. This is how long I'm going to be there. And I think kind of going like ending this conversation because we're at the 45-minute mark right now. But very much like you have to be mindful of how you're spending your time. And there's nothing wrong with movies, video games, board games, um, hobbies. Like I love photography and stuff like that. But it's you got to make sure you get everything else done. Yeah. And, And there's nothing wrong with consuming a lot of things because i mean just like the bible says everything's permissible okay but not everything's beneficial and it's very much you need to make sure what you're consuming fits with what your your belief is mm-hmm. and it's like you don't want what you're consuming to derail what, your your perspective in your worldview yeah
0: Yeah, and just uh, uh, something, and this is something I've been a proponent for a long while, and this could just be because of my background being uh, a pastor and being someone who's been in school forever now working on a master's degree and being someone who enjoys reading and stuff like that. I I do think our, you know, the millennial generation, the Netflix and chill mentality – it's fine to have those days. But at the same time, I, I do believe that we... I think we, you're
1: defining Netflix and chill a lot different than the rest of the millennials are. Right. But, <laughs> but you know, yeah. it's just... Netflix and, and just I, not do anything. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Netflix and not do anything. But at the same time, like while I think that's okay to have those days where you just kind of veg, but I also think... We need to be focused on keeping our minds sharp. Pick up a book from time to time. Read a book. Allow your brain to exercise. It is important. I try to do um, reading frequently. I'm at a stage in life now where I'm like going crazy because I haven't read a book in like six weeks. And And Are you
1: talking a book that you actually want to read and not like a school book?
0: yeah, 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 yeah. And so, uh, and even for me too, like it's fine to pick up a book on your phone and read mm-hmm. it at break time on work. Or I've got a Kindle Paperwhite, which I enjoy reading on. For for me, I love reading physical books, but I just don't have much room in yeah. my house for them anymore. So I've kind of, I've kind of leaned into e-readers. But See, I can't
1: I, do e-readers. Like I picked up actual. Like I just picked up a copy of Peter Pan. Because I wanted to read the book. I've seen. I've never read the book, so it's like, like, but it is very much a mental exercise.
0: Oh yeah, and the amount of the amount of satisfaction you get when you finish a book yeah. is is just it's weird because you think about it. It's like it's not hard to finish a no. book. It shouldn't be as satisfactory as it is. But it really is. It's, it's a commitment, and it's so good for your brain, mm-hmm. and it's really good to see how ideas are communicated through the written word because we watch a lot of things like movies and television or play video games. A lot of visual media consumes our, our brain. But sometimes we're not slowing down and really thinking about what are the themes behind this? What's going on? What are the writers trying to communicate? And it's because it happens at such a fast-paced rate, whereas when you're reading, you can kind of do that while you're reading, and you probably won't read more than a chapter or two at a time, and you'll close the book, and you can think about it, and you can talk about it with your friends or your spouse or your family members. And I just I would highly suggest that it's kind of a little bit of a tangent here. Well, at at the end, but I'm
1: just gonna say like we like dealing with youth ministry. The kids don't read.
0: They don't.
1: It's and that's that's a thing that it's just like like I know if I don't read a book for a while or at least like the newspaper or something, like my attention span and my ability to extract information from something that I look at or read or listen to diminishes. And we have kids who I mean I'm just going to be honest they don't read the they don't know how to read the Bible. And it's something that's really scary. Um, and reading reading a book is very different than listening to an audiobook.
0: It is it because
1: is. I don't I don't take away as much from audiobooks as I do. Well depending on what type of audiobook it is.
0: I think you just so, get distracted easier. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but I mean it's just like it, like, I like to take notes. A physical book is very nice to just sit there and write little notes yourself in your copy. And you can't do that when you're listening or when you're watching, or I don't know. What, yeah, those are the only other two mediums. <laughs> I mean,
0: yeah, I mean, so. listening and watching, but we just do so much of it. Yeah. And. And I just think it's so important and not trying to be archaic or like, oh, man, you just the kids got to get back into the reading. But there is information. Scholastic has tons of things on their website about how beneficial 30 minutes of reading a day is for your brain and not just your brain, but you will be a different person if you are reading something 30 minutes a day. Uh, intentionally and know that is not scrolling through your phone and reading the news app on or, I-
1: or your facebook feed
0: or your facebook feed it is actually reading something that is is structured and, and communicates an idea and, and so kind of on that note just want to uh, say thanks for hanging around and listening to the after sunday discussion this is our first time attempting this actually it's our second but our first like actual recording of it and we just thank you guys so much for joining us. Josh, you got any final closing thoughts before we close out here?
1: I'm just going to say I don't know if we're ever going to let anybody hear the first cuz that was that was an interesting experience. I don't know, maybe maybe like 2 years and down the line is like here's that one <laughs> that we did and it was literally, it started as a mic check and it just went into like what was it, a 2-hour discussion. <laughs>
0: it was pretty long and it was basically Josh and I got our brand new shiny microphones for the podcast here. We opened them up, we plugged them in, we figured out how to get how to get everything working and then we just started talking and it was like 2 hours long. <laughs> and we
1: and were talked, all looking at our watches going, "Snap, I got to go to work tomorrow." <laughs> and our but,
0: snack review at the beginning was but, way too long. We talked yeah. about gushers forever. We yeah. went through the whole
1: Incredible. I realized that I got to stop. Like, that entire first thing, all I did was, like, interrupt. <laughs> and it was terrible. But um, I just want to say thanks for listening, guys. Like, I find this extremely enjoyable. And I'm just going to be honest. These are exactly how our discussions after Sunday or after youth group are. <laughs> <laughs> so you are getting, like, raw Josh and Cody right now. Yes. And it's... <laughs> it's just... It's just it's crazy. It's we're we're goofs, but I, your wife just called us a bunch of nerds the other day or today. <laughs> She's not wrong. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, actually, you know something? I'm really surprised about. You didn't bring up Lord of the Rings at all. Whoa, whoa, whoa.
0: We are at the end of our show, Josh. Don't do this to the listeners. Let's leave at that. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, for listening. We look forward to seeing you next time on the After Sunday discussion. We are going to try and put this out each and every week after Sunday. Have a great night.